We're just going to notice our body. Are we tight? Somewhere tense, holding on to tension. We distracted. Our mind's wandering around. Notice it. Hand it over to God. Bring it back. With each exhale, just bring that focus in a little bit more. We're just taking a pause, giving our distractions to God. You might want to have a little mantra. Now take a moment to rejoice. You can do it in your brain or out loud um, or maybe just like under your breath. But hallow the name of God. Tell Him what it is that you love about Him. Tell Him the things that you're thankful for. Psalm 138. I'll read it slowly and just incorporate this into your own praise and rejoicing. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above above everything else. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased strength within me. All the kings on earth will give thanks, Lord, when they hear what you have promised. They will sing of the Lord's ways, for the Lord's glory is great. And though the Lord is exalted, He takes note of the humble. He only knows the haughty from a distance. I walk into the thick of danger. You will preserve my life from the anger of my enemies. You will extend your hand. Your right hand will save me. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Lord, Your faithful love endures forever. Do not abandon the work of Your hands. And now, just as we have paused and rejoiced, let me ask you, Lord God, for the blessing of your Holy Spirit upon this gathering and upon our learning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, let me ask you as we uh, gather here tonight, uh, what have you learned or taken note of in the last, uh, last two sessions? What has stood out to you? What have you incorporated? If nothing, then why have you come back? Yeah, uh, Ralph, raise his hand. No, Ralph. Yeah, it's, Ralph said if you're not sure how to pray or what to pray or comfortable praying, pray a song. And read it out like I just did. That's great. Uh, Sissy. I'm reading from a line just last week. The way we view God affects everything about everything. The way we view God affects everything about everything. I'm going to actually uh, uh, come back to that in just a minute, but you're right. He's right. The way we view God. What's that? One right way to pray. There's so many different ways. Yes. Susie said there's not just one right way to pray. There's lots of right ways to pray. Um, that's good. Anything else? Yes. Yeah, uh, Mose said there's lots of prayers in the back of the Book of Common Prayer or lots of other books of prayer that we can use written prayers and we want to Read those vertically, not just sort of reading them like we would read a, 
novel or something like that. We want to read them vertically as, as prayers. But sometimes those written prayers can really help focus us. So that's good. I'm glad that you have um, heard some things that you found helpful. And I'm so, so glad that you are here and keep, have kept coming. We talked in the first time about keeping it simple, keeping our prayers simple, keeping it real, keeping it up, right? You don't need a bunch of fancy words. Uh, just, um, just, just keep it simple. Uh, tell God what's on your heart. You don't need to impress Him. Uh, keep it real. Be honest with Him. You can be vulnerable uh, to God in prayer. Uh, if you're angry with Him, tell Him you're, you are. If you are confused, tell Him. And keep it up. Have a routine. Maybe have a place in your house, a chair or a time or just whatever helps you. I've told you that journaling really helps me pray. Um, so pause the importance of just taking a minute and focusing. We're jumping in with, the to, with God's to-do list. I have a to-do list for a honey-do list for, for God. And I'm not going to just jump right in. I'm going to focus on that and the rejoice. Again, just you know, before the to-do list, uh, take some time to notice God Himself. Right? To notice His person and His beauty, uh, His creation, His blessings, His works in your life. So we pause, we rejoice, and now we ask. Now I just want to say, just like Susie just said, I'm going to reiterate what she just said. This is a good formula, but it's not the only one. I grew up with the uh, Acts, the Adoration, Confession, um, uh, Thanksgiving, Supplication, and uh, and those are that's a good formula. I mean, there's you know just anything that you can kind of come up with uh, is great. But this is a good one. I like I like this one. I particularly like that it has us not do anything uh, at first. But um, just, you know, like I said, it doesn't mean it's the right way to pray. If you want to skip pause and go, go right to confession or you're not thinking about it, if you pray out loud or you pray with your eyes closed or open or with, use the words of Scripture, use Max Lucado, I, it doesn't matter to me. Um, God loves spending time with you. God loves spending time with you. Um. And that's, you know, just like what Sissy, that line she read, what you think about God means everything about everything. And God loves spending time with you. If you don't think he does, then that's going to really affect your prayer time. I can promise you that. Um, so we have three chapters in this section uh, uh, for ask, petition, intercession, and unanswered prayers. Petition, intercession, unanswered prayers. Uh, what What's the difference between petition and intercession, at least as Pete Greg, Greg, Pete Greg describes it? What is the petition difference? Petition is for our needs, and yes. intercession is for others. That's right. That's right. Petition, as he describes it, is praying for our things that we need prayer for, us and God. Lord, help me with this, right? And intercession is praying for the needs of others, whether it's family or the or the nation of Uzbekistan. Uh, that's, uh, you're interceding for, for someone else. So, what we believe about God changes everything about everything. Um, and so, do you believe, let me ask you, just, as you approach God, as you approach prayer, do you believe, or tend to believe, tend to think that God wants you to invite Him into the smallest details of your life? Academically or practically? <laughs> Start with academically. Of course, absolutely. Practically? Yeah, no, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> why? Like, why like, is that, like, Josh? Praying for the like, oh, praying for the traffic light to turn or whatever it was in here. No, I mean, it just seems petty. Typically, if I'm praying for uh, traffic lights, the answer I get back is, "You should have left earlier." You're right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if I'm sitting on my fancy yacht in the beautiful paradise of the uh, Adriatic and, and the mosquitoes come, you know, as I'm eating caviar and <laughs> yeah. champagne on, on the yacht or whatever the is going on. That, yeah, I mean, all right. So that's, that's, that's I do, I did want to actually talk about that. So he's on this, you know, luxurious thing. He doesn't, they don't like the mosquitoes. Somebody prays and he is annoyed. He kind of feels yeah. like you do. He like called I, the, He called the, he called He's with the posh people or something like that. Yeah, given us enough, right? We don't. We we've, we've got blessings. We don't. We can handle a few mosquitoes, and so irritatingly, 
this breeze comes along and blows the little mossies away. Is that a coincidence? Is it a coincidence? We'll never know. I mean, it was right on the open sea, but there wasn't one. He said, Lord, take these away, and a breeze came. Does God care about little mosquitoes in your life? Yes. I think so. I think so. And I, yes. I think it is right to pray for little things if you want to, because God knows what, He knows what you're thinking and what's irritating you or whatever. And He likes to hear you give a prayer and admit it and face it or whatever. The greatest miracle in that story, in my mind, is that the guy had the presence of mind to pray about it right on the spot. Because. I would have been saying bad words. I would have too. Uh, I, I would have. And, and I would have been trying to swat. I said, everybody get down, go down in the, you know, underneath or whatever. I just, I don't, I would not have, I don't know that I would have had the presence of mind to say, dear God, in your almighty power, would you just send a gentle breeze? Um, and here's the thing. God probably would have sent the breeze anyway. Does, did it make it, did it cause the breeze? We'll never know. But they are able to thank God because they did invite him into that moment. I love what he says on page 75. When you pray about the small things in life, you get to live with greater gratitude. So powerful. If you only ever pray about big, ugly, gnarly problems that seem onerous and serious enough to warrant divine intervention, you will only very occasionally experience miracles. And I love that. I, I think there's such sort of practical wisdom in, in that. Uh, what, what do you think? What does he mean? What do you think he means? Pay attention to what happens in your daily life. Pay attention to what happens in your daily life. Yeah. Yes, Susie. Do you think that, I mean, I did for a long time, anthropomorphizing God and saying, he doesn't want to hear about, you know, my pimple or whatever my problem is. So you kind of discounted the fact that you really needed to speak with him in the first place. But that's not true. It, in a relationship, he wants to know everything. But I have asked for help with parking spaces before. I think that's fine. I have no problem with that. I, I mean, I think that there is a... a I think there is this sense in which the more I invite God into, the more I have an awareness of His presence in my life, His goodness in my life. I, I think, I mean, none of us are, think we're going to say, so, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray about the smallest details of, of my life. Lord, please don't let me fall through the floor in this step. Hey, it's a miracle! Another one! Like, that seems ridiculous, you know, because you might say, well, thank you, Lord, for the law of gravity. It's always going to work, you know? So, um, thank you, Lord, for the strength of this floor and the concrete slab underneath it. Um, but I think, you know, praying for parking spots or praying for lost keys or um, the remote control. Uh, um, I don't know, but I just, I mean, I think that those things are important to us, and therefore are important to God, because they, He has saved all of us. Um, and, you know, I, uh, a year ago, we went to Trent's, I didn't, it's not my notes, but it just comes up, we went to Trent's um, institution, and I left my computer on top of my car and drove off. And when I realized what had happened, I, oh, I just, I am very thankful there were not uh, police officers in, uh, uh, from Culpeper. The Culpeper, <laughs> one police officer must have been in bed, but um, I raced back to his church and I never found it. And I was praying and praying and praying. And I was so, I was embarrassed. I was sad. I was, you know, just thinking about the stewardship of what this church has provided for me and and then, so, I mean, I never found it. I was praying that I would. Never found it. And then I prayed that my, you know, 15 years of sermons 
that were on the computer wouldn't be lost. <laughs> and I got a new computer and they were all there. <laughs> Logged into the cloud and they were all there. So, um, so I would, did God save my sermons or did Steve Jobs save my sermons? I, I you know, I don't, I can I tell you one thing. I don't think it's wrong to give thanks to God. Or Steve Jobs. Uh, Did God use Steve Jobs against Steve Jobs' own will to uh, to bless me His in that moment? Or you know, the people God, he. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I I just think that, and so I was just thanking God. I didn't have anybody else to thank. I thought, what? Steve Jobs is dead. So I I just you know like I don't know where else to put that thanks. But I was thankful. Um, I have prayed for lost things and found them. I've prayed for lost things and not found them. I've certainly prayed for healing uh, and not had healing, but I've also prayed for healing and people have been healed. And sometimes they're healed because their body works according to the way God made it and the medicine works according to the way medicine is supposed to work. So I don't know how prayer works. But I do know that it focuses our attention on God, and the smaller we make our prayers, the bigger God seems because He uh, is more involved and more involved uh, in our life. I do think probably that wind would have blown those mosquitoes away, but I'm so, if they hadn't prayed about it, we wouldn't be talking about it. But here we are, however many years later in a different hemisphere, talking about the wonders of God's saving action uh, in that time. So, Pray about small things. And I think that's just a matter of consciousness. Um, this past weekend, uh, at the, we had a convocation at um, Camp Weed, and it, the tables weren't assigned the way I had in, given instructions. Uh, and it was very important to me that the tables be assigned the right way because, because the conversations were important. And if the wrong people were together, it could get ugly. And I just, I was, I, had a, I saw that it was done wrong. I had a lot of anxiety about it. And I went to, to a friend of mine, uh, a, sort of a new friend of mine. Uh, from, she lives in Tallahassee. Uh, she's on this committee with me. And I said, you got to talk me off the cliff because I am I'm just so frustrated about this. And she said, here, hold this. And she put uh, like this, it's kind of like a rosary in my hand. And I'm like the most not rosary prayer kind of person you can imagine. Like I, I'm like Reformation, give me the Bible, and that's it. You know, like she didn't put a Bible, she, but she put that in my hand. And I've hardly let it out of my hand since. Like it was just such a comfort to me. Like it just has been kind of this fidget that I, it actually is on my desk, not in my pocket now. But it just, um, I just have taken a lot of comfort knowing it's just, it's like a sac- it's sacramental it's an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. And I know that God is with me. It's not a sacrament. And it's not, there's nothing special about it except the fact that it is a reminder to me, given in that moment, that God is in control and not me. And guess what? The conversations went great. You know? I mean, it was fine. It was, fact, it was more than fine. It was great. It was God's will. It was God's will. And He knows better than I do. Um, so I didn't invite Him. I didn't stand up and... Pray about the mossies. I, I, I tried to take it into my own hands. Sometimes there's a little, just a little thing, like a pocket cross or something like that can just remind you, you know, you hold on to it. It's not special, it's just, but it is sacramental. It's an um, outward sign of an inward grace. All right, so the first prayer that we are given in the Lord's Prayer that involves us is a prayer for ourselves is give us this day our daily bread. So we start with our Father, talk about our intimacy with Him who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name, we're hallowing His name, Thy kingdom come and Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're praying for big things, regime change as, as He talks about. But, um, but then He's just praying for daily bread. And we could, it'd be easy, wouldn't it, to think back to that time and think, well, they didn't have bread all the time. You know, so um, so it, it was important to pray for bread then. But in fact, 
Oh, and so, anyway, let me finish that thought. And so sometimes what we do is because because we live in a place that we probably don't have to wonder if we have going to have bread. Um, though some of you may have lived in that circumstance at some point in your life, that we tend to spiritualize it. And you think, well, daily bread. Well, that's like um, you know the word of God, or it's um, so I need that daily. It's a nourishment, or or just the the many blessings of of this life. And I just want to say. It's not. It's fine to spiritualize it, but it's not always fine to spiritualize it. Like when you have something, even if you paid for it yourself and didn't, there's, you got no worry about it. God still provided that, and it's important to know that food is one of our most basic physical needs. God is the provider, even when you've never wanted for bread in your life. Just because you paid for it doesn't mean He doesn't provide it. Um, and and I just think it should be. First and foremost, taken in the most literal sense. That the things that you have, that you worked hard to get in your job, to get the money or make the wise investments or whatever it is, that you, however you got that money and you paid for it yourself, God still provided the thing that you have. Whether it's food or clothing or housing or transportation or vacation, whatever it is, God is our provider for everything Mom, we have. Joe, yes, sister. I have a picture. My sister had it and her girls gave it to me when she died. It says, God pro- provides every bird his food, but he doesn't throw it in the nest. God provides every bird his food, but he doesn't throw it in the nest. Yeah, they got to go get it, right? They have to go get it. They have to pray, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, and, and also, so keeping God small, thank you. That, I mean, that's why we... Say a blessing before the meal. Thank you, Lord, for this for this food. And you know, but keeping God small in the I mean, keeping God in these small, mundane parts of your life requires, and I think it fosters, humility. Because if you're always asking, then you see yourself as someone who's always in His need, in need of His grace and His mercy and His offering and deliverance. Um, so. I think it's really good to put yourself in a position where you need Him constantly in your own mind. Now, some some people don't like to pray for themselves. You know, I've had I've had a lot I've heard, I, many times over the years. I've heard people say, uh, "Well, I, I really I don't pray for myself, but I, I pray for others. I pray for my kids or grandkids or whatever it is, but I don't I just don't pray for myself." And it feels humble, but it actually. I would argue, is incredibly arrogant. I don't need God. I'm going to pray for those people, but I don't need God's help. And if you find yourself in that situation, I would just ask you to check your heart on that. Um, Because asking is part of the Christian deal. God is not like, uh, God God loves to spend time with you. He loves to give good gifts to his children. He's never like, here they come again. Oh, jeez. You know, like... Like we were as as parents, you know, like we just we or you know our parents were like that for us. Oh gosh, one more thing, but I mean maybe you weren't like that. Um, but I I just think that sometimes we think God is like that, um, and and He's not. He loves spending time with you. He loves to hear from you. He doesn't always give us what we ask for, does He? But asking is part of the Christian deal. John 14, 14, ask anything in my name and I will do it. To me, that's actually one of the most challenging passages in all of Scripture. But the, nevertheless, Jesus says, ask, ask. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be given to you. Ask, ask. And, and what he says, it actually means keep on asking, right? Ask and ask and ask. Not just when you feel like it, uh, keep asking. Uh, pray for safety before a trip. Pray for a prayer of thanksgiving after the trip. Is there anything wrong with your tires that made it miraculous? Nope. Just thank God, right? Pray for wisdom. Pray for strength. Pray for direction. Pray for specific circumstances. Whatever it is. A lot of times, you know, if i got to make a phone call I don't want to make, I'll say, Lord, just be with me. You know, just... Or i got to have a conversation. Or... Um, I always pray, and I work hard on my sermons, but all the folks that serve in the, uh, on the altar know that when 
Deacon Best reading the, the gospel, I, I'm on my face, <laughs> literally, saying, God, I, I don't have anything to offer if you don't show up. And so please, please love your people more than I love them and give them your word. Uh, something to that effect. Um, I, I've got five loaves and two fish and a whole bunch of people who need a feast. And um, he does. So God delights when you ask, but he also insists that you ask. Um, there's this great quote from Karl Barth. Does anybody know who Karl Barth is? You quoted him a, few, a couple times. Karl Barth is arguably the most significant and influential theologian uh, of the 20th century. Uh, lived in the Karl Barth, B-A-R-T-H. Barth, Karl Barth. He's quoted in there several times. He's a German, he was a German theologian. God does not act, this is on page 83 and 84, God does not act the same way whether we pray or not. God does not act the same way whether we pray or not. Prayer exerts an influence upon God's action, even upon His existence. In other words, and what Greg says is that influence, the word influence there is important. Right? We don't control God, but we influence Him. And he talks about Moses coming before, interceding for his people. What are you talking about? These are your people. It's, you're going to look like a fool if you wipe these people out. He, and God says, okay, I won't do it. He influences God. Would he have done that? Would he have actually not wiped him out? I don't know. But I know Moses asked. And we ask in faith, right? Hudson Taylor, the great uh, Chinese missionary, said, don't focus, something to the effect of it, just paraphrase, don't focus on having more faith, just focus on God. And focus on God, focus on God, and you will turn around after years of this and find that you have great faith. That you have great faith. So, he says uh, on page 88 and 89, he says, it is impossible to grow in faith without growing in faithfulness. And it is impossible to grow in faithfulness if all your prayers are answered right away. Oh, I want them answered right away. It's impossible to grow in faithfulness if they're all answered right away. But when we endure delays, disappointments, and discouragements without giving up or backing down, when we keep beating on heaven's door with bruised knuckles in the dark, our faith expands into faithfulness. Which sort of gets to the answer of why doesn't God answer prayer because sometimes He holds the thing we want behind His back until He's enough for us. And then when He's enough and we just kind of forget about the thing, He might give it to us. So that's petition. That's what I have to say about petition. What about you? Anything to say about Petition. You know, I kind of underlined a very similar verse to what the one you just did on 88, on, or not verse, excuse me, uh, sentence on 86. Faith is found in the person of Christ if we want to trust Jesus more, get to know him more. So kind of the same sentiment, keep going back to it, keep going back to it, keep, you know, practicing that. And, yeah, you know, we, we, they're going back and going back and going back wears grooves in our heart. And, and that is. All right, so that's petition. Next is intercession. And what I'd like for you to do is take five minutes at your table. Now, you two are, but y'all are tables by yourself, so you gotta, y'all got to pair up, okay? Otherwise, you're talking to yourself, and it ain't going to work. I'm insisting. I'm not influencing. I'm commanding, right? So, talk about a time when you prayed and God answered, or... When you prayed and it did not turn out like you asked. Now, here's, here are the rules for this conversation. It's, gonna, it's called mutual invitation. Y'all going to do it online same way. One person's going to start, and you get a minute, which means the person to your left, you're going to time them on your watch. All right? So you get a, you get a minute. Um, and nobody else is going to talk, except for that one person. And then... The person who was talking says, okay, I would like to invite you. to." And you say their name. And if you don't know their name, you could, now's a good time to make sure you know everybody's name. 
And then, um, and then you ask them to talk. And if they don't want to talk, they can say, I pass. And that's fine. And they invite somebody else. It's called mutual invitation. So there's only one person at the table talking at a time. Ralph, you got to have a table. Ralph's back there by himself. I'm going to come be in your group. Okay. So talk about a time when you prayed... And God answered, or when you prayed and it did not turn out like you asked. You get five minutes. Go. So I'm going to turn off my mic so that you can uh, talk. All right. I'm going first. All right. So they're kind of both on the same. It's kind of a delayed thing. Um, recently prayed for. Someone who remains famous for right now, having important issues, and they're doing that for two, three years. This is the, I went and got the, uh, it's this, it's just, she made it herself, and it's this, uh, it just has like a little cross that says faith on it. It's kind of girly looking, but, um, <laughs> and, and like, People ask me to people ask me to um, bless things like you know bless these napkins or these backpacks or you know and I just think I mean I'll ask God to use this thing in somebody's life so I, I mean my piety like I said I'm not particularly a rosary kind of person but and so I don't believe that like the spirit is specially upon this thing but it just it just helps me remember that's all it just helps me remember I, I like having it. What's that? It's meditation, yeah. And, and it also, it just helps. Um, I mean, I think there's real value in that practice. Um, yes, but it, it, it has not been my, historically been my practice. It's an Anglican rosary. Right, right, Anglican rosary. And if you know how to pray the Anglican rosary, you can tell me. But not right now. <laughs> so there's a funny story. If you read the book, it's uh, it's a funny story about this uh, Baptist church and, and the local bar and the, uh, the, the 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 Baptist church didn't want the bar to expand its uh, territory or something like that, and and they prayed against it, and then and made protests and all these things, and then right before uh, they got the, the I mean they got the they got the permit and they built it out, and a week before it was supposed to open, lightning struck and it burned down. <laughs> And so the bar owner sued the church, and uh, and and they, of course, they disavowed any culpability. And, and the judge said, "I don't know how I'm going to decide this. We have a publican uh, who believes passionately in the power of prayer, and an entire congregation who has lost his faith entirely." That's a really funny story. I looked. They, he actually gave it um, a footnote, and it says, "It's." Uh, he said. He's heard it several times. It's almost surely apocryphal and uh, and not true. Uh, I think it, that's probably right. But it is a it's a good. It, I mean, be careful what you pray for, right? So, to intercede is to to intercede is to uh, ask God on behalf of another. Uh, he talks about minding mind, minding the gap. Um, and so you're minding the gap between heaven and earth, or standing in the gap. You're intervening or med- uh, mediating between two parties as an equal friend to both. So in this case, between heaven and earth, between God and your husband or wife, or your kid, between God and the Supreme Court, or whatever it is that you're asking for uh, God's blessing upon and help, whether it's... Uh, Ukraine or Israel or the Palestinians or whatever it is, you're asking, uh, you're minding the gap as an equal friend to both. And I just think about like Pete in um, that story from a few weeks ago, praying for his wife in the hospital. That's intercession where he's like, his friend was like, well, just help Pete, you know, like uh, just come to terms with the fact that his wife's probably going to die. And, and Pete said, absolutely not. You know, I am, and he just goes kind of crazy, just interceding and, and demanding that God heal his wife. Well, he did, but not all the way. And so he talks a lot in the book about how, why has he not healed her completely? Now she has epilepsy and it's really, really hard. But she didn't die. And so he was minding the gap. He was 
he was trusting God, who is the only one, even though he was upset with the way it looked like it was going. So he's not rolling over and saying, well, Father knows best. He trusts that Father does know best, but he's also going to be dang sure that he's in the Father's ear so that the Father knows what he thinks is best. Two. It's really, really important. Um, Every Thursday at 10 a.m. in the conference room, we have an intercession prayer group, intercessory prayer group. And we would love for you to come and join us. Uh, it's just a few of us. Uh, we pray for an hour. We pray, we pray for a lot, any, basically anything that comes up in our hearts and minds. It's open to any of you. We'd love for you to come. Susie comes. Um, we would, it's great. We, we love it. So um, always available. If that sounds intimidating, pray for an hour. Like I, Honestly, it goes by really fast. Um, but join us and, and take a look. If you get bored at 1030, then just leave. Um, and we, we have good coffee, so. <laughs> Which Elaine makes. I don't mean I make good coffee. Elaine makes really good coffee. So again, this is like, this is the power of influence. We're asking, we're influencing God. And again, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. Um, he says on page 99, to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with an interceding Spirit. I think that's really cool. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with an interceding Spirit. We begin caring deeply because we love the things that He loves. When we love God, we begin to love the things that He loves. And if we're not beginning to love the things that He loves, we're probably not loving God very well. We begin caring deeply. We are sensitized to the world's brokenness. We yearn for our friends uh, to know Jesus, our lives take the shape of a single prayer, your kingdom come. I love that. It's a great, it's a great sentence. Um, the thing that kind of comes to mind is that a lot of times we care and another Christian friend cares and we actually disagree about what the best solution is to the problem. But we both care about it. And usually in those situations, I find myself, I try to at least acknowledge the goodness of the caring that the other person has, even if I think the solution uh, isn't right. And we can talk about that. But if I somehow, they or if I accuse them or they accuse me of not caring, um, that's not real helpful. We both care. Um, And that's a good thing. Where does that caring come from? It comes from God. He has another, on that same page, another great quote. The king of kings, this is talking about just interceding and and the power of influence. The king of kings requests your presence at the very seat of government. He offers you a permanent place on his executive team so you can influence his actions on behalf of nations. It is an unspeakable honor, yet we are often too busy too disbelieving or too insecure to accept the greatest invitation of our lives. Is he overstating it? No, no. He's not. It is the greatest honor of our lives to come upon to into the throne room of grace upon the invitation of the king and he wants to know what we think and what he, we would like for him to do. Uh, he gives four sort of, uh, you know, four eyes. Get informed, get inspired, get indignant, get in sync. Get informed. I thought this was really good. This actually helped me uh, this summer. I was um, reading this book and I was thinking about I need to pray, you know, like get a prayer list kind of going and kind of get myself organized in prayer. I should, like he says, I should pray for uh, the authorities, the city councils, I have no idea who's on city council, so I look it up. And who's on my, you know, who's, I live in St. John's County, so who, who's, who are the people I should pray for there? I don't know, I wrote it down, um, but I could, I, could, I could show you. And, um, and I think that was, that was smart, that would get informed, know what you're praying about. Um, don't just go off your own emotions. He actually gives an example of a guy, he, he got mad and was praying against 
a dictator, but he talked to somebody in that country who's a believer. Is it actually, it's bad, but it's not as bad as it would be if he wasn't here. And so I mean, it was just a, uh, he, he was humbled in that moment. I don't know what's right in those situations, but I know that it's good to get informed. Get inspired. Read the Bible, right? And, and let it inform your prayers. You want to know how to pray for your kid, your grown child? Come before your Bible reading with this supplication and just over, overlay it. Now, it's, the Bible's not talking about your situation, but it's good to bring that. Um, whatever it is, whatever it is. Or as you read, pray, what does this bring up in my heart? You can read it slowly. If you only get through a few verses because your prayer is bringing up a lot of prayer, that's it. I mean, that can't be a bad thing, right? You got to go to work, but you only got through a couple of verses. Okay. You're praying to the King of Kings. I mean, it's certainly okay to pray your own prayers. Uh, but praying Scripture lets us know for sure that we are praying in Jesus' name. That we are praying the w- according to the will of God. Um, because we are praying according to the Word of God. So it's a really good thing. And I would start that with your family and your friends. Um, and, and I would encourage you to start with the Lord's Prayer. Because if you're praying... For your family, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a good, that's a good blessing, right? Um, but then maybe expand it. Kind of get comfortable with that and let it go further. And those don't, things don't always line up. But just see what the Lord does with it. God can handle it. So get informed, get inspired, get indignant. Uh, wrestle with God, get passionate Throw the scriptures back in his face. What are you talking about? This guy's not being healed. And I mean, you did it for Bartimaeus. Do it for John, whatever. Like, I think that's fine. Now, I mean, I think we do it with humility. But I think that it's important to know that you're passionate about something. And that you trust God enough and it is a safe enough place to go and show him what you really feel about it. You don't have to be... I mean, when you're in church, you have to be dignified. But when you're in your prayer room, in your prayer chair, you don't have to be dignified. And then get in sync, which is to say, pray with other people. Um, Let me read Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. This is so cool. So this is where uh, uh, Peter and John were arrested for preaching the gospel. And Peter and John... They get thrown in uh, prison, I believe, and then um, they get released, and they went to their own people and reported everything that the chief priests and elders said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. You said... Through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, so they're hallowing his name, right? You said, through your servant David, why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and Messiah. So now they're praying scripture. And now they says, for in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats. They don't pray that the threats get taken away. It's amazing. Consider their threats, and I would say, and please stop them, Lord. This is what they say. Consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It says, verse 31, when they had prayed, the place where they, are assemb- the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Y'all, that's a, that is a prayer right there, man. I mean, like, so they're hallowing God's name, they're praying the scripture and they're just saying, like, come what may, give us the strength to be bold for you in your name. And they do it together. And God blesses them. So here's what I want you to do. Oh, no. I'm gonna, he talks in the book about 
the miracle of Dunkirk, miracle of Dunkirk, uh, pretty awesome uh, to hear about that. I, I heard about, I went to the cliffs of Dover this summer, and I heard about uh, that, got to see it uh, while I was on sabbatical. That's where the um, British troops, like 300,000 more or more troops were uh, sort of across the English Channel, and they were trapped by the German forces, and they had a national day of prayer, and the weather changed, and the German troops stayed for some reason, and the 800 civilian boats went across and got 350,000 British soldiers back, and then Hitler was like, okay, let's go get them, and they were all gone, so it is, is, I mean, they still talk about it, they're not not a very religious country anymore, but they still talk about that. So, in your group, at your table, I would like for you to pray as a group for one of the following. Now, if you do several things, that's okay. Nobody's going to get mad about that. Pray for your city. Or pray for your city council. Or pray for your church. Or pray for a local school and its students and its teachers. Pray together. Whatever God puts on your heart, y'all have to decide what you're praying for. Don't take four and a half minutes to decide. <laughs> Pray for your city, your city council, your church, and uh, or a local school and its students. Five minutes. Go.
Keep asking, yeah, there's bruised knuckles in the darkness, right? One thing, I prayed and prayed for my father, who's been in a nursing home for three and a half years. Why, why are you making him linger? Well, why, why? And then I figured out he had a plan for me. Mm -hmm. so he passed away. He was in the Cathedral Gerontology Center. I started getting active in going to the Gerontology Center and ministering to those older people. Yeah, so there was a, a blessing that came out of that. Yeah, I would have done that otherwise, probably. Yeah. That's good. What else? How do you deal with unanswered prayers? I don't think prayer? un prayers are ever unanswered. It's all in God's time. We might not have resolution until we're with God. Yeah, but we'll that's true. Yeah, we might not have resolution until we're with Him. Um, I think that's I think that's in, insightful and and helpful. Um, there are there's a lot of things I think that it just doesn't have, seem to have any redeeming quality to this circumstance. And yet, if God is big enough to raise His Son from the dead, He's big enough to have a goodness beyond what I can see. Uh, there's an old Presbyterian hymn. Uh, I think it. Oh, I, I, it's just, I, I wish I had thought of it when I was writing my notes because I would have researched it. But it says, Behind, behind a frowning providence, uh, there lies a smiling face. I think it's, um, there, it might be in the hymn, uh, He Moves in a Mysterious Way. But um, behind a frowning providence, there lies a smiling grace. And um, meaning, it may look awful, but God is going to. We will see in the end, uh, or on the God other side. God moves in mysterious ways. God moves in mysterious ways. Yeah. Um, oh, apparently, can play it for you. Uh, no, don't play it for you. <laughs> Just listen to it on the way home. Um, so he actually goes through the prayer of Jesus, where, um, and I'm not going to go through it all. You, you, if you hadn't read it, I commend it to you uh, in the unanswered prayer chapter. But he's, he. he holds on to the love of God. He calls his father Abba, Daddy, basically. Um, so, he didn't want what he was getting, but the father's love was a non-negotiable. Um, he uh, pressed in. Uh, he, or he held out for God's power. Everything is possible with you. Um, it says, it's important to remember that we are perfectly able to trust that which we cannot understand. We are perfectly able to trust that which we cannot understand. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So hold out for God's power. Uh, be honest with God. Take this cup from me. Um, and, and he was with his friends, so have, have your friends with you praying for you as well. He gives some uh, answers like there's, there's just, God has set the world in such a way that there's, there are physics, there's, I mean like, he says, if you drop a brick on your toe and pray that that's not going to hurt, it's probably not going to be an answered prayer. <laughs> I mean, that just, it hurts, you know, like, um, you know, so I, very rarely does God step out of the laws of, of physics and nature that he has made. No, it's wonderful when he does, when somebody gets healed miraculously or, and, you know, tumor disappears or something like that. Um, 
but not usually. Um, there, sometimes the enemy of God's at work. Satan actually wants to thwart God's plans. I think we have to be really careful. I'm not saying it's not true. But we have to be really careful. If you don't like something, you don't like somebody's attitude or what they're doing, that doesn't, maybe it doesn't mean that they're an enemy of God just because you don't like it. We've got to be real careful about calling them Satan's tool or something like that. Somebody said, you know, I, I know I got COVID and it's just a, the, the devil didn't want me to come to this, you know, prayer meeting or whatever. Or you might have just got COVID. You know, like I, you know, <laughs> now maybe the devil calls COVID, but I, you know, what is the devil says, I'm going to get Susie. You know, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but, but I, I just think we've got to be real careful about finding the devil under every rock. And real careful about not thinking there is a devil. Because there is. There is a there is a force that wants to tear us down. Right here. We yeah, on your phone. That's right. But the phone. But the um but at the same time, like sometimes that that's those are accusations best made made in retrospect, not in real time. I will admit I didn't get to didn't go get to this chapter, but the point about Satan getting in the way, that's not, I mean, to me the, the, the implication there is that he has the power to, even though God is going to answer your prayer, to stop that. And I think that's the, to me, that's the, the, the flaw in the thinking, is, you know, if, you're, if, the, if your thought is, you know, I prayed for it, God was going to give it to me, but Satan stopped him. To me, that's the bigger problem. I just think we have to, I think we have to be, we need to use caution and wisdom in those things. Because sometimes, and the thing is that Satan is a pawn. He's just a pawn. God can use whatever any, any of his, I mean, he, he danced when Jesus died on the cross and God had victory over the world. So, um, and then again, so there's, sometimes it's the natural world, sometimes it's God's enemy, and sometimes God has a good plan beyond what we can see. And, and praying that prayer, not my will, but thine be done. Um, that's not the first prayer, because we want to be in his ear telling him what we want, but we also ultimately want to have the posture. Um, why, do, why, doesn't God, why does God allow the bad things? Why doesn't he heal everybody that we pray for? i got to tell you, I don't know. I do not know. I wish he did. Why does he heal some people and not other people? I don't know. And um, and there are a lot of questions I'll have when I get there to ask. And I know you will too. There you are too. with a scroll. Yeah. <laughs> and he will probably say, boy, put that away. Yeah, you know, but... <laughs> a great example that he gives at the very end of the chapter of Johnny, Erickson, Tata. Um, just a, a really wonderful... Uh, uh, servant of the Lord. Uh, I got to hear her speak a few years ago when I was in seminary, I think. Um, and she said, this paralysis is my greatest grace and I can't wait to stand up out of this chair when I get to heaven and tell God to send this thing to hell. But for right now, it's it's the way He's given me to spread His Word. So, pretty awesome. I encourage you to read that if you have not. All right, any, anything else to say about unanswered prayers? Or, I mean, there's, yes, a million things to say, right? But Yeah, so next week we'll have uh, uh, Yield. So it's basically the rest of the book. So it's, uh, Yield starts, let me get to it. And this is a tough one, man. This is, um, it starts on page 131. And goes, yes, it's it's a lot to read. Yeah. Contemplative prayer, that's really nice. And then, is it too late? To, no, you cannot drop this class at this point. It's too late. You, you, it's going to go against your grade one. How to listen to God, that's really good. Confession and reconciliation, now we're getting dangerous. And then spiritual warfare. And then, amen. So, Read this, but start tomorrow. Start tomorrow, and we'll read. We'll look at yield next week.
Yeah, God on mute. It's supposed to be really good. I'm not ready. Okay, top cards. Get with a prayer partner, two or three at the most. Um, I encourage spouses to not pray together, but um, and find a, find another prayer partner. And um, that's not a law; it's just a suggestion. Top cards. You're just saying, here's the top thing I want you to pray about. Take th- no more than 30 seconds to share, and then um, and then pray out loud and say goodnight. Y'all can, oops. y'all can pray together if you want. Y'all can y'all can decide. Thank you.